The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith. And one of us doesn't have a faith. But we still love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Hey guys, it's Andy. Today's episode is from November of 23 when Rick Welch and Rick Carter sat down with Pastor David Curtis, Dr. Jordan Grant, and Mike Green to discuss in a roundtable format the Flat Earth versus the Globe. Buckle in. We are back at Berean Bible Church. I'm here with Rick Big Daddy Carter. Oh, yeah. That was incredibly distorted, as always. Gotta do it again? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I've got Pastor David Curtis here. <laughs> I can barely hear you. You're going to have to speak in that. Am I supposed to be a Rick Carter here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have got. Good to be here with you guys. Yeah, Dr. Jordan Grant. Hello. And Mike Green. Howdy. Yeah, who I found out was a pilot, by the way. I did not know that, but he was a pilot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm at a disadvantage here. Buckle up, globe tards. <laughs> of which I am one, obviously. This is going to be a um a back and forth discussion in regard to the flat earth model versus the global model. And um and I know that I've watched Pastor Curtis's uh, biblical cosmology sermons, which are fantastic, by the way. Yeah. And um, I have even argued on this podcast that biblically speaking, that the Bible teaches at least a round, a, a circle earth disc shaped with a hard firmament dome. It seems, of course, however you want to look at it. Um, I see some other verses. I'm not actually going to get into that tonight. Um, but I wanted to just for us to have this discussion in a kind, you know, I love you before I love you during, I love you after, you know? And so, um, so let's get started. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Can you give me the correct formula of a parabola? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) We're going to get, I can, I can give you the globes claimed for how much curvature drop there should quote unquote be. Yes. And so you use which equation for that? I use 1.22 times the square root of the observer's height in feet. That okay. should be the quote-unquote distance to the horizon. Okay. And so... <laughs> <laughs> that does not work. Yeah. So by saying that, you know, we uh, that there's another one that they say, what is it? Uh, eight. Eight inches per mile squared. It works for about the first thousand miles. Right. Which is, and that's because that is a, it's a parabolic function is what that, Correct. what that's actually doing Correct. instead of the cir- circumference. So you have, you tested this theory yourself? Uh, enough with people who independently will go out and make long distance observations um, that it's easy enough to go do yourself. If you have a Nikon P1000 and some relatively stable water. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make sure if you guys talk, you got. We have two mics, so we're at a disadvantage, guys. So when you're listening, there might be some rustling and some back and forth. That's because I lost two uh, mics on my board, which really stinks. But that's okay. 
It's on time. So we're getting really close. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Rick are way too close. I even know, I know what kind of aftershave this guy uses now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, Burt's Bees really doesn't work, bro. <laughs> it's Massengill, dude. Massengill. Wrong one. So, yeah. All right, so there's just been a, there was a couple of things that I was thinking about before I even came here. Like I wanted because I'm not a scientist, I'm not an astrophysicist, which some people would consider all of that, you know, pseudoscience. It is by and, definition, right? By definition, it's by definition. because yeah, just because it's you can't really test it. You cannot test the cause of the observed phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. So because of that, it becomes pseudoscience, right? If well, if you claim science, which they do. Yeah, now, if they didn't claim science, there would not be a problem. Mm-hmm. But the problem is with the stories they make up about intangible things in the sky. Yeah. yeah. So that's um, what would you call them then? Theorists? No, fairy tales. Fair- <laughs> you would go that far. A theory, a scientific theory, comes after validation by experiment. Yeah. And a theory colloquially is a story. Yes. Right. So you think that now we're not talking about everything in science and everything in science. You're just talking about the things that you cannot actually test. No natural science by definition is adherence to the scientific method. Right. Okay. Anything outside of that, that claims to be scientific when we're dealing with cause and effect is pseudoscience. Right. Okay. That doesn't mean those things can't be useful in some way or another. Right. So let's, let's do things that we think we can observe. Let's test that theory first, which is, I don't know that this could be considered science, but it's just, we're going to observe something. Mm-hmm. And you've heard this. I know you have. You had to. If you've studied this a long time, you've heard this. Okay. So if I'm in the globe model, if I'm in the Northern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. let's say I'm standing. Hemisphere at, is begging the question already. Exactly. Yeah. You're already, so you're already well, that's what I'm saying. Begging the question. Yeah. I said from a globe side. Oh, okay. So we're so, going to beg the question. Okay. So what I said is coming from the globe side, gotcha. Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere. Gotcha. If I'm in the Northern Hemisphere based mm-hmm. on a globe model and I'm standing at the North Pole, and I look straight up into the sky mm-hmm. and I observe the constellations and the stars. Mm-hmm. They turn mm-hmm. in a clockwise motion. East to west. Right. Yeah. By no looking matter at where it, you are. Exactly. Well, it's. No even, matter where you are, it's east to west. No matter where you are. Correct. And how can you say that for this, for what we call the southern. It's hemisphere? still east to west. And you've done that. Yeah, you can. That's, that's, a, that's even a globe fact yeah everything moves from east to west if you turn and clockwise counterclockwise so it's like standing on the opposite side of a clock Uh uh-huh it's always moving the same way but if you stand like if i go out there and stand on this side of the street the cars are moving left i go to the other side those same cars are moving to my my right Mm -hmm. it's all based on my perspective but in actual coordinate terms they're moving east to west no matter where you are okay so how would you then let's say that okay fine if we say that that works, then how about the constellations that people towards the outermost part of your flat model cannot see? For example, I don't claim a flat model, just so you know. So you don't claim a flat model. Models come by way of scientific validation. Okay. There is no globe model and there's no flat earth model. Okay. So there really is not. I, no. There is not a model for you. I agree with you. So how do, how do people in the, in South America, Southern point of South America, how are they able to see the Southern cross, let's say in the sky and the people closer to the Northern hemisphere, like uh, North pole cannot see it. I'm not making any claims about it. So why are you asking? Because that's, if you're standing on a plane Mm -hmm. and you're looking at the sky, Mm -hmm. 
then shouldn't everybody be able to see the same thing? I can't see a mosquito across my living room. So yeah, yeah laws of perspective, which have been hijacked, which happens to so be- uh, this, one is by your, this is coming from your definition of what you think science is. This is really what it's boiled down no, to, No, that's right? not, nothing that you're mentioning right now is science. Looking at lights in the sky is not science. What Just is? because you can observe something doesn't make it scientific. That's the first part of the scientific method would be observe a natural phenomenon, which is something happening. If all you're doing is observing lights in the sky, that's all you got. Just because you can observe it doesn't make it science. That's a composition fallacy. That's only part of the scientific method. Okay. So you can't test anything you're looking at in the sky and making claims about why somebody in one part of the world can see something when others can't. I could make you up a million stories that satisfy you. That doesn't make them true. So, so we need to get to the actual what do we live on and how do we, how do you know it? Okay. Well then let's switch this. Yeah. Let's you go ahead and tell me. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not making the positive claim. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm making a claim from based on obviously the same thing that you were taught growing up, you were taught the globe model. Right. 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 And taught it as science. You were, you were given mathematical now, math is different from science. Am That's I right? right? Math is not science. That's math right. Math is a language. But, you, right. but you're given you're given mathematical. Let's like we were just talking about the equation for a parabola. Correct. Versus the, the uh, circumference. Correct. Or yeah. So so the question is, show me measured curvature. Show me where the Earth was measured to be a a sphere with. Eight inches per mile, let's say. Let's just give them that because that's the average that they use. Mm -hmm. Show me where that was done. Like Any actual yes. measurement. Proof. Hmm. I mean, how can I? Exactly. So then that's the problem, right? The positive claim, the burden of proof is on the person with the positive claim. The positive claim is we live on a spinning sphere in a vacuum. It's traveling at insane speeds in about 11 different directions. So that requires proof. Otherwise, it's just a story. Well, anytime you ask a heliocentrist, which I was one, and I am a massive space nerd, sci-fi nerd. I mean, I'm up there. Um, but when you actually go and try to find proof, it's not there. Every single argument for the globe is a logical fallacy. It's an affirming the consequent logical fallacy, every single one. And I cannot find a single person online, anywhere that can give me actual validation for their claims. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. The other issue is when you take the quote unquote globe side math, which are calculations, they are not measurements. You put them to the test with, let's say, long distance, because the claim is what? Horizons Earth curve, right? That's the claim, mm -hmm. even though it's not because it changes with the weather. But the claim is at you, you should be able to see no further than this point on a sphere, which would make sense, right? Well, the problem with that is you can falsify it and not just by a few miles. You can falsify it like 30 times over, which puts the claimed radius at the claimed radius of the sun, which they don't know. So that's a problem. And you can use a modus tollens argument to show that. You can say, if the Earth is a sphere of radius 3959, every distance to the horizon can be no more than 1.2 times the square root of the observer's height and feet. The distance to the horizon is 30 times further than that. Therefore, we do not live on a sphere of radius 3959. It's if A, then B, not B, therefore not A. It's just the same argument Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 15 about the resurrection. It's the exact same format. The other thing is we can falsify the Coriolis claims. Okay, Coriolis effect does not exist when we talk about the globe. Their claim is it should. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
Coriolis effect is real. It's an, it's a not actual effect. It's a it's a perceived effect. It's the effect. And we're talking about wind currents in the in the direction that no, they're spinning. No, that's not Coriolis at the equator. Effect. Not Coriolis effect. Okay, what Coriolis is Coriolis effect, effect? Is the effect you see when you have an observer on a spinning reference frame? What they see on the something not attached to that reference frame. So pretend like you're on a roundabout or a merry-go-round, and you're spinning and looking overhead, and two people are throwing a ball over you. Mm-hmm. You you see that ball appear to curve because you're curving. The ball in reality is actually going straight. Mm-hmm. So that's what should, quote unquote, happen. And that's the claim. The globe claims Coriolis effect. The problem is it doesn't exist. If Coriolis is real, if we turn under things not attached, that shortens flight times drastically going from east to west versus west to east. It means anything that hovers the earth will turn underneath it. That does not happen. Mm-hmm. Now they've come up with rescue devices to claim why it shouldn't, but that doesn't matter because their claim is Coriolis. Mm-hmm. That's their claim. We do not have it. It's again, it's a modus tollens. If this, then that, not that, therefore not this. That's a problem. Both of those are the problem. Third problem is we, the claim is we live on a ball surrounded by a pocket of air that we can breathe next to the an infinite vacuum. That's not provable or possible because it violates entropy, right? Gas always moves from high pressure to low pressure. If if gas is here next to a vacuum, it will evacuate. Now, are we, are we assuming that a vacuum means sucking? No. You're just meaning that a, mean vacuum a vacuum is just a vacuum? I mean, entropy, second law of thermodynamics. You okay. can do it. Anybody can. Nobody goes to get air put around their wheel. You got to have a tire. Mm-hmm. So that's another issue. And nobody. And so the promise when you ask the globe side, can you just demonstrate for me gas pressure without containment? Well, of course they can't do that, but they special plead and they say, well, that doesn't apply to the earth. How do you know that? Mm -hmm. Show me that. Mm -hmm. If anybody could show me any of this, because I'm not even basing this on the Bible. This is just purely taking their claims and putting them to the test. If they could show it to me, I'll believe it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Nobody can. It also violates not only how gases behave, but how water behaves at rest. What The globe side has completely bastardized the literal definition of the word level to where level literally means curved in their mind, mm-hmm. which, again, then you, how do you have a reference standard for what's level anymore? If level is always curved, then what are you measuring it against to get the curve? Right, it's self. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen that too. I mean, when you when you look at level based on, of course, if we start talking about gravity, then we're going to get into that, right? I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. But what I'm just saying is that when they talk about level, mm-hmm. they you have to take gravity into consideration. Gravity stopped being a force with Einstein, mm-hmm. so according to according to water. Yeah, no, I'm saying though, but they can't use that anymore because gravity is not considered a force. Einstein's not right either, but that. Higher level university does not teach that gravity is a force. That is lower level high school still taught Newtonian. Einstein comes along and rewrites everything with his relativity nonsense. And and gravity is not a force. Hmm. So you can't appeal that. But if you're going to claim gravity is a force, okay, let's put it through the scientific method. Show me the observed phenomenon. And then your independent variable that you tested to prove cause and effect. Show me where you varied and manipulated gravity, mm-hmm. right? Like, so it's a, it's a lovely story for why some things go down, but not everything goes down. Gases don't, mm-hmm. they go in all directions. Right. I take a helium balloon and release it and go, boy, gravity's pretty strong, but they'll still try to incorporate gravity. Well, it's pulling the gases down while that pushes that up. No, it doesn't pull anything. So mm-hmm. you you know, you, you can't, I know the story, but if you're going to make the claims, show me some, give me some cowbell, right? Give me some evidence. Give yeah. me proof. 
looking at things and making up stories is not proof. That is, is, is the epitome of, of the opposite of proof. It is literally using fallacies to try to get your point across. We all do that to some extent. And that's why I brought that up during the COVID discussion a few years ago. If I said, you know, it rained or the reason my car is wet this morning is because unicorns are urinating on the sky. I say, if, if, if you, unicorns urinate in the sky, then my car will be wet. My car is wet. Therefore, it's got to be unicorns. And people will go, you're insane. Mm-hmm. And I go, that's the exact same logic you're using to defend the globe. Mm-hmm. It is no different. Mm-hmm. And, and people don't like that, but it's true. And you have to wrestle with that. You have to come to terms with, this is just a belief that I have. And that's fine because I have no problem with beliefs. I believe a lot of stuff that I can't prove. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this topic, you have to understand how the globe, it's not a model, but how the globe story came about. Everything goes back to taking elevation angle measurements to Polaris, which elevation angles, you got to have a flat baseline to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Everything was done from that. And if you look at the old like Jesuit writings where they came up with this celestial sphere model, they basically made the sky, the lights in the sky to be a sphere because they took these angle measurements. And then that just was an easy way to look at it. Every drawing, you have a flat plane cutting through the middle of it, and that's how your angles are taken. That's reality. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody decided, now we're going to put man at the center of a ball taking measurements to the surface of the earth from the middle of the earth. It's insane. So the celestial sphere became the real sphere, and you have people supposedly taking measurements from the middle of it, even though every drawing now still uses the quote-unquote equatorial plane, which is a plane, Mm -hmm. flat, that you have to have that in order to get your angle measurements to be right. Mm -hmm. So I was watching that. I was watching that about like ancient cartographers and like how incredible they were. And uh, some of those some of those maps from like very early are are actually pretty amazing, right? When there's you consider a lot that are interesting, but there's so many different the things that people don't realize is that maps can work as long as you have a coordinate system. You can stretch it out in any shape. Somebody did this interestingly on a YouTube video I saw where they took longitude and latitude and completely morphed everything. It still works because you, your coordinates are still accurate, right? Mm-hmm. But what people don't know is that latitude lines, they think they're literally like these lines on a ball. They're not. Their distances from Polaris, their mm-hmm. angle measures. That's why everything's in degrees, right? Mm-hmm. Going down until you get a little bit south of the quote unquote equator. And then you can't see Polaris anymore because it's dropped to the horizon, which happens as things move away, they fall, right? Just like a plane going over your head will fall and eventually it merges into the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's going around the globe. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> right. I saw it. Where? In the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to get to that here in just a minute. Not not that part, but anyway, keep going. That's fine. Yeah, but I mean, that's just it. Like my my issue is not, like I said, I have no problem if that's the the real story. I believed it my whole life until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. My issue is nobody can prove it, mm-hmm. and everything they do to try to prove it is a fallacy. And if you say pictures from space, show me space because you can't have that because it's a vacuum next to air. In essence, in essence, what you're telling me is that you're actually not a flat earther at all. The Earth is you're 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 a planer, a planer. You're well, a planer. Obviously, has topography, right? Understood. Understood. Right. But you're a planer, like you, like you said, you don't you don't adopt a, a flat or a globe model, right? Because there aren't one. Correct. There aren't. I don't know the layout. There aren't one. Yeah, like sorry, for me personally, that's North Carolina. Mountain I'll, I'll turn right this there. over. Yeah, I'll turn it over to David. For me personally, I'll just say my piece on this is that I, I strictly came at this from more of a how do I 
can I prove that wrong? Or how do I know that? Everything for me is just, how do I know that? And, and that's my biggest, you know, question I ask to people now, if you really want to set somebody off, you just go, how do you know that? Mm -hmm. they, I mean, and it, you'll quickly find out if they know or not. Mm -hmm. If they don't know, they will get pretty upset and make up a story, use a fallacy. If they know, they'll say, oh, here, let me show you how I know. You know, I learned that with the COVID nonsense. And so for me, it just helped me start asking these questions. I don't adhere to necessarily the, the flat disc, like the Gleason map or any of those. I think those are because those aren't made to be accurate as far as distances go in certain ways. Like you can take any projection and use it. You can do the Mercator map. And some flat earthers believe that we live on a Mercator map that's a Pac-Man map that you literally get to one end and you start over. Like, you know what? That's probably more feasible than living on a ball that's got air next to a vacuum that spins in a million directions, That we, we, but we don't feel it. We don't have Coriolis. None of the things that should happen, happen. I'll go with the Mercator over that nonsense any day, but I'm not going to say, yeah, we live on a Pac-Man Mercator map. Mm -hmm. But the problem, I think, is people engage in these, they're called reification fallacies, where the map is not the terrain. Maps, we don't live on maps and we don't live on models. They are useful to get us from point A to point B, but people have done a lot of interesting research into how maps have morphed over time. And if you start looking at a lot of the time zone things and, and declination issues, I was just looking at that last night, there's some wonky, there stuff. is some weird stuff yes. on those time zones. There are weird things that I was like, yes. why? And if you, Wait, especially like from Australia over and you start looking at everything in the quote unquote weird Southern stuff. hemisphere is wonky. Yeah. Plane travel time zones. Like there's something weird with it. I don't know what it is and I'm not going to claim to know, mm -hmm. but, that's my spiel. I often wondered if it had to do with the populations because right. the you know again towards this more landmass closest to the north pole which is acceptable on the flat and the globe yeah, model right. more more the landmass there's more people that live there than towards the outer right. extremities or what would be called the southern hemisphere and the right. and the globe model. Right. So I always wondered if maybe that had something to do with it right. because of the amount of population. That's a good point. And honestly, when I start looking at some of the magnetic declination stuff, my head just kind of start, I just lose interest because yeah. I'm a simple person. Mm -hmm. uh, either you have proof or you don't. Once we get into the story time stuff, I'm like, yeah, that could work, but so could any other story. You, you have the, your chances of being correct are literally zero because you have an infinite number of stories that you could write. I mean, Karl Popper talked about that, right? I mean, when you, when you engage in, in induction, which is what we're talking about, inductive fallacies, affirming the consequent, making up stories, you can have as many as you want. And so your chances there are one out of infinity, which is zero of ever being right. Cause you're mm -hmm. just making up stories when it comes to proof and validation for these things. Like that's why I just asked, like, if you can just show me where the earth was measured to be a sphere, mm -hmm. Let's go. We should all be able to go do that. Let's just go do it. Mm -hmm. Let's see it. But you just, once you start looking into that, you start looking at NASA, which is a joke. And I, and I think even a lot of non flat earthers really understand. I mean, they, you know, they finally get that NASA is just pulling one. It's a big money laundering outfit. I mean, you've got people that are on the supposed space station with wires everywhere with hairsprayed up in insane directions. I mean, it's, it's the goofiest thing, but yet they will be caught dropping things on the ground, screws falling, hitting. I mean, it's, it's absurd fruit sitting on a table and they just you know, water on a glass on the table line level. I mean, it's just, it's almost like they I haven't seen it's, it's haven't hilarious seen actually, that, yeah. but it's like, they want you. I think they actually, it's sort of like that truth in plain sight thing, but then you start getting in the conspiracy side of things and people don't like that. So I don't even want to go there. Cause it's like, just show me the proof. That's it. I don't even need to go into the conspiracies. This is why they hit it. This is why they did that. I mean, anybody who's anybody that thinks can understand the government's lie, right? We know that they always do. I mean, why would they, so why would they not lie about this? But that doesn't, 
I don't care why. That's one of the biggest things people ask. Like my cousin asked me that. He's like, well, why would they lie? Mm -hmm. I want to be like, why wouldn't they lie? Yeah. If you truly go outside, let's say you become a flat earther, a planar earther, you will see the world completely new eyes. You will watch that sun and go, that's like right there. It's right there. It's not this giant burning ball of gas in a vacuum, which is impossible because you can't have that. Uh, it's literally right there. It's a light in the sky that God put there for a reason. And it's moving overhead and it drops. I, why, why did you just say that you can't have that out of curiosity? I can't have the burning ball of gas in a vacuum. Yeah. Like what? Because why it's can, in a why vacuum. Not? Nothing burns going to burn in a vacuum. Like it's just not going to happen. When, so the so, gas would never form into a ball. Like it, it disperses. So you can't get the so what, gas pressure. What do you, in the first what do you think all of that is then? I have no other lights in the sky. No, no, no. I mean the 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 space that's in between them. Between, uh, in other words, what you, what I'm what I'm asking you is that because we come back to vacuum. Hmm? So then, what is it? What What's do you up think there? No, no, no. What I mean is okay. Space. What is space? Is it not a vacuum? Oh, I have, no. I don't. We don't think so. I mean, I. We what do you think it is? We have to have containment. Oh, I, I could speculate all day. I mean, Leah and I do this a lot. We're like. Those are like apartment windows for celestial. Big. I'm right. serious. No, like, no, no. I mean, I can, yeah. I can, I can, I that would literally be just as easy to, to. That's actually more believable than these formed after billions of years of coalescing nonsense. Yet, yeah, no. Yeah, that, that's just a story. So we're we're dealing with competing religions. Is what this is. Okay, mm -hmm. like you're you're dealing with competing cosmologies, and people have to understand that. Like, it's fine if you believe it, but at least recognize it's a belief. And that's something I started to understand when I started listening to a lot of this flat earth stuff. And I was kind of on the fan. I didn't know, but I started listening to debates. There were these discord channels you can listen to and they would bring the Globers in, right? And just ask, because they thought, these Globe guys thought, oh, we're going to waylay these dudes. Every single one of them lost because they couldn't give a single shred of evidence and they had to just go, so it's just a belief then. And they'd be like, well, yeah, it's a belief, but, and then they'd do the fallacies. It's like, well, that's interesting. So I need to start examining my own beliefs and figure out what do I, what can I prove and what is really just me hope being hopeful for something. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, I don't have a problem with the globe side. As far as if you want to believe that I do have a problem with the bigger way it's been pulled over people so that they don't even question and don't even recognize the fallacies. Like that's my bigger thing is mm -hmm. Christians should not be using fallacies to get points across mm -hmm. that, that whether it's COVID, whether it's whatever, sorry. With everybody it, it, that's been listening to this, that is him drumming the table, letting us know. What he, <laughs> Sorry, no, no, it's fine. It's but fine. I'll I'll shut up. No, no, don't. No, this is good. This is good. Are you tired of compromising when it comes to protecting your valuable firearms? Then let us tell you about Carolina Cases, your ultimate destination for hard plastic, impact-proof pistol cases. Carolina Cases are TSA approved and are crafted with high-quality foam, ensuring maximum protection for your firearms during transport or storage. At Carolina Cases, they understand the importance of safeguarding your investments. Carolina Cases provide unparalleled durability, keeping your pistol safe from impact and damage. So hop over to www.carolinacases.net to explore their wide range of pistol cases designed to meet your specific needs. Don't settle for less. With Carolina Cases, you can ensure your firearms are safely stored, preserve your peace of mind, and protect what matters most. Enter code Burrows, that's B-U-R-R-O-S, at checkout to receive free shipping. So let's use some, let's just do some simple talk then. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I pick up my phone, I drop it. Mm -hmm. So 
how do we how do we explain that? I don't need to because I'm not making a positive claim about it. So okay, <laughs> you don't you're not making a positive claim about affect it. my life because I don't need it. In other words, suck, so the I don't fact need that it to suck thing, water the, to a sphere. You do. Right. I don't. All I go is, yeah, it's more dense than air. No, no, no. I, I don't need it to suck water to a sphere. I'm asking a simple question. This drops. You're mm-hmm. saying because you don't make a claim, you don't have to answer it. That's right. But if you want to fly in a plane, do you fly in planes? Yeah. You like knowing that other people know how this works, how they can generate force lift. and thrust and lift and they can fly certain distances. Mm-hmm. Then you also want to know why you hope that it doesn't come down and kill everybody inside mm-hmm. it, right? That's right. So that's all I'm asking. Like, what is it that brings things down? It's relative density. That's so, more dense than the air. Relative density. So that yes. and density isn't considered a force, is it? No, it's just the it's just it's an entropic law. It's it's another type of entropy where things move from high to low or whatever. So you have a more dense object. It's no different than if you put an anvil in mercury, it will float, right? Mm-hmm. Because the mercury is more dense than the anvil. But okay. again, I'm not I don't need to explain that because I'm not making any claims about why things rise or fall, because it doesn't affect anything in my cosmology. It has nothing to do with what I believe. The globe side has to have gravity because they need it for water to suck to a sphere and for somehow gases not to escape into a vacuum, even though even if gravity were real, gases still go from high pressure to low. You know, you was it your brother that asked the question why you said earlier? Was it your or a friend? Yeah. It was your cousin. Why would they lie? Yeah. Well, that that is kind of odd to me though, isn't it? Wasn't it odd to you at first when you first started thinking about this? Like, why do they need Mm-mm. To but why do they need the globe? Uh, because it limits. It, it makes you think you are literally here on this rock in a vacuum. So guess who gets to control the resources and tell you how to live your life and save the planet and be green and do all these things? If you go back and look at some of the propaganda pieces from the '60s with these cartoon satellites, and they they spill it out there. They talk about man and being on this lonely rock, and we have to share with each other and do it's. It's all. I mean, it makes sense if you think about how governments work, mm-hmm. but it also is a cosmology. And all of this sprung at the same time, pretty much. I mean, people act like people believe in the globe for thousands of years. No, they haven't. That is that is not true. Um, people as early as the early 1900s were still taught flat earth stuff and even in public schools. And I mean, they've interviewed 100 year old people talking about that, but it doesn't matter. But what's interesting is that when you had Darwinism come out, and you had the germ theory, and you had all this German philosophy. All of this was at the same time. All of this was late 1800s. So in order for evolution to work, you have to get the whatever billion-year-old universe springing out of nothing. And you get George Lemaitre, the Catholic priest with the Big Bang, coming up with, well, here's my story as to how that might have happened. It's just a story. Mm-hmm. So you got all these stories that blend together to become a, a religion, because it is. It is, a, it is an origins story. It's a religion, uh, a cosmology. and so. Why they do that? I mean, why did Dar- why was evolution pushed? Right to, I guess, to make you think that you're meaningless. And I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, evil people do evil things. But again, I don't care about the motives because the motives aren't what's the issue here. The mo the what's the issue here is what's reality and what can we test? What can we know? And the rest is more just speculation. So I don't care why Johnny killed Sally if it's shown that. Everybody saw him do it and put, well, Johnny would never do something like that. So it couldn't have happened. It's like, that doesn't matter. The motives doesn't, don't matter. What matters is he did it. And it's the same thing here. Like mm-hmm. it, it was done. It's been pulled over the, you know, the eyes of people. Life it's, would be a lot simpler if it was like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But it's not, it's, it's not. unfortunate. It's really not it's like not. that. And again, this is the deeper picture for me is mm-hmm. 
And I'm not here saying everything. It's not a lie. That's, that's, that's something. I mean, there are lies. This is a belief system. All you need is belief. All you need is, it's the same thing that happened in COVID. You just need enough people that they trust these quote unquote experts and they just believe. Mm-hmm. And then they go, all well, the doctors are in on it. They're not in on it. They're only in on it like because they believe in it. It's no different than kids being in on, they're not in on it on Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. They believe in it. Yeah. And so that's all you need is belief. And once you have enough belief, you can get away with whatever. I spoke with a few friends of mine the other day. And I asked them if they could remember something that we were taught, because regardless if I'm a globalist or not, this is what I was taught in elementary school. And you've probably heard it too. Um, Columbus went on his little trip around the world to prove that the world wasn't flat. Now, I'm going to ask, does any, was anybody, but anybody taught that in school? Did you hear that in school? So there's probably five or six people in the room of 20 that were taught that I was taught that in elementary school and that's complete garbage, but we were taught in a public school that that's right. So the whole world thought it was flat and then he went out to prove that it was not right, but none of that was real. Right. And so I thought that's weird. When I grew up, you know, and I started talking about it to people, I thought, why did they teach us? Why are we all, we all have the same and it's around people between 35 and 45, you know, the people that I've talked to that, that were taught that. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what was going on. What yeah. was that? Uh, you were, were you taught that as well? So Claire. Okay. It's you everywhere though. The, these little propaganda pieces and these little things, they sneak in. And then you realize, I mean, once you know what you know, and you know how science works, you know, all these things and you can call people out and you hold their feet to the fire really easily. It makes it more a little terrifying for me at least because yeah. then I recognize it and I go, wow, they're really doing a number. Like you get a Neil deGrasse Tyson up there just spewing nonsense. And I can, I could, I could literally call out everything he says and go, you made that up. You made that up. You can't prove that. You can't prove that. And he goes and his spiels about his atheist stuff or whatever, because it's all part of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that. It's like, no, no. Christian's like, no, no, I, I got the globe's real space is real, but their stories, they're wrong about the origins part. I mean, this is all God doing it, but it's real. It's like, no, you, you can't, separate those. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to believe what they tell you, you got to know why you believe that, you know, because it's it's, a, it's one working view, you know, and it goes back to old school philosophy where everything, anything spherical was considered the perfect shape. So it's once you actually study philosophy on these things and why people might have made these stories up, you understand that the bulk of human quote unquote knowledge is just stories. It's just, that's what philosophy is. If you don't have scripture, if we're not dogmatic and we don't say we're axi- that's our axiom. That is our starting point. We believe scripture because God, we believe God gave us that. That's his divine revelation. If you don't have that, there's only so much you can prove in this earth. You know, it's minuscule. Everything else is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And that's what philosophers did. Go read them all. They're all different stories. So which ones, they can't all be right, right? So that's what we're still dealing with. And a lot of this is actually just rebranding of old philosophies coming back in different packages, you know, like Democritus and atomism. I mean, all this stuff with atoms and molecules in motion, show me a molecule. You can't, Mm -hmm. you just believe in it because it's a working model, right? Or an electron. Nobody's seen an electron. You'll you'll read it. You'll go, yo, so-and-so discovered the electron. You're like, and then you realize what you'll read what they did. Uh, I made a calculation. So you inserted some invisible variable that you made up because of your calculation. That's fine if it works and it's just for pragmatic purposes. When you turn that into a religion that you can use to then warp people's minds, 
that's when it's not okay. If you can, they don't do that with electrons, but they do it with viruses, right? With these things they claim are killing everybody, but you can't show me one in nature. They do it with all kinds of stuff. And so you have to be able to call people out on that and say, hey, wait, wait, show me that. Should I just show it to me? Show me where that was discovered. And I spent a bulk of 2021 looking into this stuff because it would drive me crazy because I thought I knew. And I go reading original papers, getting friends in you know Europe to literally translate them into out of their original languages of French or whatever. And you start reading this stuff and it's the most insane stuff you've ever read. You go, how are these people ever considered smart? Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing with a lot of this other stuff is it, but it just bleeds into the culture and into schooling and all the time. And so we, in movies, and you just believe it because you're like, well, yeah, I, I like the idea of that. And I do. I love the idea of space travel. I love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was Star Trek, Star Wars, like what well, you name it. And I, well, that's what I told Pastor Curtis. I was like, yeah, bro, like I just want to go to space. <laughs> but I will, I will say this, like go watch, <laughs> if you go watch the movie gravity, not gravity, Interstellar. Yeah. I literally laughed my butt off when I tried to watch that again a few months ago. It was the biggest load of nonsense. They're trying to blend Newton and Einstein, but I didn't know that when I first saw it because I didn't know the Newton story. I didn't know what Einstein had done. I didn't know any of that. But once you know it and you realize it's all just made up and then they're trying to blend it together and it's it's insane. Well, when you said to me that gravity was not no longer considered a force since Einstein. That's right. That's the first time I've ever heard that in my life. That doesn't surprise me. But so are they not teaching that? Not in high school. Upper level college? Absolutely. You can get quote after quote from these dudes on, on YouTube saying, well, gravity is not a force. I mean, you have to think of it like a force. It's not anything. It's nothing. But it, they don't use it anymore to try to make claims about why things fall. Now, people have to use it like Neil deGrasse Tyson, because if you give that up, you're giving up your water sticking to a sphere. You can't give it up, even though Einstein superseded it. Mm-hmm. So it's a big problem for them. And that's why now they're using this, like they're, they're trying to blend quantum nonsense and say, call it quantum gravity. Quantum is at odds hundred percent with Einstein. There's no, there's no meeting there, but these guys have to do it because they still have to maintain that original story. So they're going to try to finagle it and they just say it enough times and people go, Oh, the word's quantum. So it must be cool. Right. It's like, no, I mean, none of that stuff can be actually proven. I mean, some of the quantum stuff's interesting, but it's really just math. It's not science. Well, you know, like, so we're trying to describe things based at the atomic level, for example. We also know that somebody figured something out and they blew up Nagasaki and here's, you know, Hiroshima, correct? So here's, here's, here's where you have to, again, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. And I did this with people during COVID and I'm going to say it now. You cannot, sorry, you cannot confuse effects with claimed causes. Precisely. So just because you, you get effects, a big bomb to go off yes. does not mean the story they're telling you about how that bomb works is true. Those are two completely separate things. If so they're able to control it, then something has to be true, doesn't it? No. Something's true in the fact that they release bombs. Actually, the radiation stuff doesn't make sense because it was flourishing again pretty quick. And so none of it makes sense with the with that story. But again, Okay, you want to claim it's like, splitting I'll agree an atom? With you. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. When it comes to effects, splitting an atom, that. show me an atom and show me splitting one. That's right. it. It's easy. Yeah, it's I can't show you an atom and right. I can't show you to split no, one. I can't. But I can, <laughs> but I can certainly see the effects of whatever these of bombs are doing. I can right. see that. I'll give you an example. Which gives me pause and right. it makes me want to believe the science because I don't it's want that. science. That's well, the thing. That's, that's my point. Once you know what science is, you can call it out and go, if it's science, I have to have an independent variable that they varied manipulated to prove the cause. Well, this wasn't natural anyway. Technology is not science. Science deals with nature. You're trying to prove what causes a phenomenon that you see happening. 
And you have to do that by varying and manipulating the thing, the cause, the potential cause. If it doesn't work, you mark it off the list. Your, your hypothesis doesn't work, right? That's what a hypothesis is. If, if X, then B. X, therefore, yeah, B. Yeah, I agree. Right? I agree with that. So splitting an atom has nothing to do with science. Now, if you wanted to say, okay, we figured out there's an atom that's causing this, and then we split it, and that's the technology side, that's fine. Well, let's go back to the origin, though. Show me the atom first. Show me the thing. Because I was going to ask you, what would so what would you call it? Like, so Oppenheimer. Let's use Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Tech. What, it's just technology. Absolutely. Engineering, just tech. Engineering, engineering and technology. And people conflate science with technology all the time because they don't know any better. And they do the same thing with math. The mm-hmm. amount of people I see online that try to claim math is science. Like, it's a category error. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like math is a language. It's mm-hmm. logic. It's It's numbers. But it's not science. Science is a very specific thing, but people use the word because they it lends validity to what they're trying to get across. Because people hear science, they go, oh, proof. That's their religion, science. So you, okay, so let, I think I'm starting to pick up what you're laying down here. So if it's taken me a minute, okay, he's roasting my noodle right now. <laughs> so if you take so much uranium and you put so much uranium together, mm-hmm. And then you encapsulate it in this particular thing. Let's call it fat boy. Right. Okay. Yep. And then you drop it from this certain height and it does this much collateral damage. Those are measurable things. Right. That is tech being used in our world a desired effect. with a desired effect that could possibly and most likely be repeated over and over and over. Your can, problem isn't with that. Your problem is the story behind that's it. Right. Correct. I can go fl- just because something's repeatable doesn't make it science. I could flick a light switch on and off a million times and repeat it. That doesn't mean I'm doing science. Okay. Right. So if me and you were sitting here together, I have never been in outer space. I want to go, but I'm not going to. Most likely I'm not going to go. I mean, huh? <laughs> I want to go up there. But if yeah. I, okay. Up so, there. all right. So I know that you, you've, I think you alluded to the fact that the International, International Space Station isn't real. Uh, well, the, Whatever they're in is real, but it's not where they're claiming or going the speed okay. they're claiming. It okay. Be. Yeah. All right. So, so then you would say that if a person went up to that International Space Station and they got some really cool pictures, okay, if they, let's say that that person was a Christian mm-hmm. and that person says, okay, maybe I don't understand all this stuff either, but here are my photos mm-hmm. of what I've got. If you saw curvature, Wouldn't if you matter. saw, if you saw it, what about it? I'm just what it what would it mean anything to you if you were no. up there in that fake space or whatever not fake space but you know whatever it is uh-huh. if you saw curvature if you saw it spinning and you were orbiting with it or mm-hmm. whatever if you if saw I was that, actually up there if you were up there would it what would it I what would, would it do to your brain yeah I would I would be like I think twice I go okay there's something yeah if I saw it myself absolutely it's, but even that, then curvature you're you're claiming you're looking at the horizon. But the horizon is not Earth curve because you already falsified it. So then you're you're kind of screwed. Falsified what? That the horizon's Earth curve. It's not. Yeah. It's already been falsified. Because if you go with what you can observe with the numbers that you can generate, then the radius is wrong. Well, guess what? Everything is based on that radius number. Mm-hmm. Everything they claim. Everything goes out the window. All their stupid fake distances to stars and suns are based on Kepler's third laws, which are just based on the fact that they assume, number one, that the Earth's a sphere. Number two, that Venus is the same size as Earth. How they got that, I don't know. Number three, they looked at how they scale and movement and go, okay, because Venus is the same radius as Earth, now we can generate how far the sun is away, which is impo- it's all just calculation based on presuppositions that can't be proven, mm-hmm. right? And so the horizon is not Earth curve. So even if I saw the horizon curve in a little bit, 
well, I already know it's not Earth curve, or at least the, what's claimed to be. So maybe we live on some giant ball that's a million times bigger than what they claim. Well, that's still kind of hosed for all the pictures they've shown. They're not pictures, they're images, because if you compare them, they're, none of them are the same. Um, you know, they got fake clouds and everything photoshopped in over and over again. You know, the word sex spelled out in the clouds and all that stuff. I mean, the people at, at NASA literally claim we have to photoshop this. We have to. Like, yeah, I've actually I mean, seen that. Like, I'm not even going to argue yeah, that point. Yeah. I, I've it's seen just, these just quotes. Too much. There's so much, on, even on that side, if you're not sure. Like, I can do some pretty amazing things with Photoshop, yeah. guys. I'm pretty good at it. Well, I can I, do some cool stuff. I'll just tell I you can't my, imagine somebody that's been doing it for 50 yeah. years. I'll just tell you my first foray into this was never with Flat Earth. It was with the moon landing stuff. And I, I knew from my knowledge of photography, based on what they claimed that they took with them. And when you look at the pictures, it didn't fit. It can't. It's impossible. And you, you tons of photographers came out about that. Like, this is not accurate. Like, every picture was perfectly framed, perfectly exposed. They didn't have a viewfinder on their camera, I suppose. It's literally just sitting on the front of there. And they had these giant Hasselblad cameras, right? Um, you look at just some of the prints and everything. You look at the fact that they got a lander sitting there, but no tracks leading to it. You know, they, they just dropped it from the sky, you mm. know, but yet they've got the boot prints. They're supposed to be there forever. So that kind of, I understood that pretty early on, but that really wasn't that radical, I guess, because a lot of people kind of were caught on to that. Um, it was just more late, you know, the last few years that the the flat earth stuff caught my attention. But like I said, I'm simple when it comes to this. I don't make a lot of positive claims. I, I will not make a positive claim if I can't back it up. He's simple. I love it. Yeah. 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 I'm simple, man. yeah. But uh, no, I mean, like my, my issue from the very beginning was just basically establishing what these definitions were. Yes. Because that's not what, you know, by saying, okay, I observe. Whenever I'm okay, I'm going back to the glow model. I'm in the northern hemisphere and I'm looking at these stars, and you're saying, Well, it can't be, it's always east to west. It's always east stars to west. Stars always move east to west. But yeah. If you turn and look south, you're looking a different direction, mm -hmm. but they're still moving east to west. You're, mm -hmm. you're east and west. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's it's just you've changed. But I mean, that's a mainstream. Nobody will argue that. Just well, then, but up. see, one it's of them like the sun, east, you know, rising east, coming across. You would assume, you would assume that one of them would have to be still. Polaris is that everything's based on Polaris. That Polaris is the still thing. That's right. Because Which again, doesn't to me, add up with all the we're moving and expanding at these billions of miles an hour in these different directions. Polaris, and, and Polaris wasn't actually always the North Star. Have yeah. you ever heard that? Yeah. Thuban was one of the originals, right? Polaris has been lined up with a lot of mo like monuments and stuff. So yeah. from ancient, I mean, that's everything's about the stars. And that's the other thing I think like, a lot of people don't understand is it is a religion. Mm. This is all religious based with stars. Now, the Catholic Church, the reason they got into it, it's so funny. If you read, there's a book called The Sun in the Church, and it is not a flat earth book, mm -hmm. but it is fascinating. If you, I bought it and it's kind of like boring in a way, it's about that thick. The whole two and a half inches thick. The whole reason they got into this is they started making these, uh, not temples, but places where the sun would shine through for these meridian lines and they would come down the exact same spot. And so they could figure out the meridian lines, you know. And that's when he goes in and he did a research on all this to try to look into it about the whole point of the Catholic Church doing this was so they could fix the date of Easter. That was it. Because the calendar changed, right? They don't use the 13 months anymore, the, right. the Jewish, right? They had to mess all that up too, probably yeah. for good reason. Um, I mean, they, well, I mean, they, they, people know. have been changing the calendars yeah. but, you know, forever. It's 28 days and right, right. everything's based on the moon. Like that's how we're designed. Yeah. And then you go and tweak all that and you get to get off and do the leap year and all that. 
but they wanted to fix the date of Easter because that was a big deal for the Catholic Church. Sure. That was literally the whole point of them getting into the astronomy game in the first place. Mm-hmm. But when you actually look at the sphere model, it started as the sky, and they just took the sky, which isn't a sphere. It's the way our vision works. We see in, a, in our own like dome, dome of vision. They took the sky and just made it the ground. And put man at the center of the ground instead of man on a plane measuring the sky. I mean, like a protractor, right? You're just, mm-hmm. just doing that. That's what angles, even though it's still probably flat. Um, celestial navigation doesn't work on a globe. Mm-hmm. It, it's all, if you look at how it works, just go look at the I like what you just said, drawing. even though it's still probably flat. I've often wondered sky. that. Yeah, yeah. I've often wondered that because, yeah. you know, if you if you look at something based on our, our limitations, things look certain ways and we know that they aren't. Right. And we know that. Right. Have you ever played those brain games where you like, they trick your eyes and you look at something and you're like, wait a minute, you know, it's yep. because we have a single light source. And right. if you add a second light source, your brain really starts freaking out, you know? Yep. And so I always wondered, you know, I thought, what if this wasn't a dome at all? Yep. Like I remember saying, you know, right. Anyway, anyway, that was yeah. just perspective. Yeah. It's perspective. And, and that's, that's what frustrates me is that the, the globe side has hijacked perspective but they don't include perspective in any of their um, orthographic drawings, right? A 10 foot building or a hundred foot building is a hundred foot, whether it's a mile or a million miles. And that's how they do their math. Well, that's not how it works in reality. Mm-hmm. As things move into the distance, they shrink. We all know that mm-hmm. we're all kids. We're putting our thumbs over the buildings, right? Yeah, from down We all know it, but that goes out the window. It's like people just shut that off when it comes to the globe stuff. And I don't understand it because if you're on a sphere, you got, now you've got both. You've got drop and perspective, but they don't have the perspective. They've Mm -hmm. hijacked it. And what's interesting, if you look in like resolution, once you get to a certain angle, when things are about 0.02 degrees above flat, everything merges into one. It just so happens to work out that that happens about 1.2 times the square root of the zero's height and feet. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what else that is? That's the earth curve calculator. Mm -hmm. So they've literally hijacked perspective and made it earth curve. And that's not cool. Mm-hmm. Especially when you can go on a clear day and go, but yeah, you say the horizon is supposed to be at three miles from here when I'm one foot, but it's I can it's 30 miles. Like you've got landmarks and you can see it. And they're like, well, that's a refraction. So you got another rescue device. You're like, what's refraction? Define refraction. I can give you Snell's law. That's real refraction. Mm-hmm. That's not their refraction. Yeah. Their refraction is everything is always curving, all light, and then nothing's ever where it is. Yeah, like I've read I've thing. read plenty about it. I yeah. mean, I've read about that same refraction. Yeah. I've seen the effect of refraction. So if real you, refraction. Real refraction, yeah. like a mirage, right? Have that's you ever not really refraction? That's that's more miraging, but yeah. Is that different than refraction? Refraction is two separate mediums as light travels through it. So it's like the temperature. Temperature has any effect? Temperature has an effect, but that's not that's not refraction. Okay. So, but actual refraction is two completely different mediums, just like the stick in the aquarium. Mm-hmm. And you see it dive down. That's, right. That's real refraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. Can calculate your angles and all mm-hmm. that stuff. What you're seeing, though, we don't have a clue. Especially think about the ocean and all the vapor and all the stuff going on in the heat, and you're looking way out. And you're trying to make claims about what that means way out there. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is you can take the globe math and go, okay, I got my camera at one foot observer, one foot height. I know that that oil rig's 10 miles out and the horizon is way back there behind it. That's not possible with your math. Help me understand. Mm-hmm. And then they try to go, well, you got to have, you know, it's refraction. It's like, but how did you ever calculate the refraction if you got to have the curvature first? Because let's say it's seven, oh, 7 over 6 of the radius value. That's the refraction. Okay. How'd you get the radius value? You can't do that. So you're already begging the question. You got to get, you always got to go back to the starting point and go, that's great. How'd you get the radius? 
Mm-hmm. You can't have seven over six of the radius until you give me the radius. And it's the same with gas pressure. People are like, well, we have a delta. We have a gradient of gas pressure. That's why it's, you know, staying here. And it's like, how'd you get the gas pressure in the first place? You got to have gas pressure X before you can get a gradient delta X. You got to have X form. If you formed in a vacuum, gas ain't ever forming here. It ain't happening. Hmm. It's never going to stick around. I mean, you if you go look at the stupid pale blue dot fakery, right? You mm-hmm. know, they try to pull and look at all that empty space around the dot. And you're claiming that all that gas is just stuck to that little dot in this vast emptiness. It doesn't happen like that. And it's a special pleading fallacy. So, I mean, it's like, that'd be great if that's true, I guess, but you're going to have to show me that. And nobody can, nobody can demonstrate it. I mean, mm-hmm. so that that's my biggest issue. It's not necessarily like, what do we live on? It's why does why can't they just give me proof? Like if you claim heat causes water to boil, guess what? We can all go do that. All of us. Right. It's repeat. You want to talk about repeatable science. Yeah. That's actually science because you got an independent variable that you're manipulating to do something and it causes something in nature, boiling water. Um, those are that's real science, you know. But see, but, but with using that same logic, that's what's so hard for me. Like, I don't want to distrust every single human being that said that they've been off of this earth at a high level and they see things. I don't want to distrust all them. That's yeah. But do you, but do you see, do you see what that's a belief? Yeah. No, I just don't want to No, they're, they're no, liars. They're liars. You think all of them are liars. But the ones that are claiming to go to the second law of thermodynamics violation. Yes. I mean, you can see it in their faces. I mean, did you see Armstrong and them when they came back and how forlorn they are? I mean, yeah. devastated. I mean, it's just, they had a, uh, psychologist who's not a flat earther dissect it was a video on youtube dissect their um demeanors after they came back supposedly it was crazy i just like there's something massive going on with that and i don't know if they just knew that they lied to everybody or what but if you look at the astronauts now i've seen this when i was a kid i'm like these people just don't look like what i think they would like you know and now it's just almost like a clown show you see it in their faces like there's something wrong there's something wrong with these people that they're claiming they're constantly sending up there. I mean, that's a, that's speculation on my part, but I just, yeah. it, on a discernment level, I see it in their it's eyes. It's so hard for me to think that they're all lying, though, because yeah. it's, it is people, for me. People lie all the time. Well, I know that people lie. Especially if they're paid. I know, but that's just a tremendous amount of work for what? Money? No. Is it money? Well, for and them control? it might be, but they don't. They're not going to see the bigger. I mean, I don't know what the bigger plan is here. I mean, I think it's let David God. I really do. I think you know the whole thing of God. Okay, you if you say we have a flat Earth and there's a dome over it, what does that do to the Big Bang? You know, I mean, obviously we're created and put in this environment, and and so I think it's all about we got to we got to do away with God. You're just on this spinning rock that has just a dust in space. You're nothing. It's nothing. Not no. When you say this is it, okay, there's no stuff out there. Mm-hmm. This is it. It's us, and we're here. And God died for us because He loves us. You know that's that's significant. You know to who we are, mm-hmm. and you know we Jordan has talked about all their claims. You you can't verify anything they say. Okay, so you got all these lying claims about spinning and flying through space and all you know water stuck to a spinning ball. All these things that they can't prove any of it. And then you go to the Bible and God who created the whole thing tells us this is what it is. It's a flat earth with a dome over it, you know, and there's, you won't find one Bible verse that gives you any hint of this earth spinning, you know, or, or being a ball or any, nothing at all. Now there's going to, they're having a debate on December 2nd, a couple of preachers. And this one preacher is like, I'm going to destroy flat earth with one verse. I'm like, you're going to make it up then because there's no verses at all that deal with the spinning ball. They're just not there. 
Okay. So mm-hmm. you can't go to the Bible and try to prove that model at all. Yeah, any, I mean, anyway, I've argued and I've said that, right. I've said it on my podcast. I've, I've argued with people like about this. It's not that I don't believe the Bible. Of course I believe the Bible. It's just difficult when everything that I've observed in my entire life says otherwise. I, 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 I was. No, stop. Stop. Go over that. That I've observed. What have you observed that shows that we're alive? It's exactly the same thing that you do when you, when you turn on YouTube. What I see, my my eyes, I observe personally photographs. I hear teachers. I hear people of authority. My whole life, I've, those are my sensory perceptions gotcha. that I've been taught my whole life. So tr- I understand. Trust, right? Trust. Of course, okay. I understand. Okay. So and I because I, I was curious huh? when you said I, you said observation. I was like, what have you? No, where you have you ever observed the sphere? You know what I'm saying? That's what I was. Thought. I've observed the sphere through photography and videography, whether it's real or fake. Yeah. Those are my those are my gotcha. perceptions. Gotcha. Gotcha. You see what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I'm not formulating like I wasn't like born, you know, to say. I'm just going to be obstinate to like, that's not what I'm after. Right. What I'm saying is that I, my sensory perceptions have said this. Yeah. And so when you put the mic on him, you're trusting people that are telling you, this is, this is what it is. And where are they, you know, if you question them, where do you get this information from? Can you prove it? They can't say, they can't tell you anything because there is no proof for any of the stuff they're saying. They come up with pictures, but like he said, if you look at, take all the pictures you see of a globe and look at, compare them one another. Planet, I mean, the continents are different sizes. The cloud pattern is identical. You know, like you said, they just cut and pasted a bunch of Photoshop stuff. And Do you need it. Or, or time lapse. Um, these time lapses of the earth, no clouds are moving. You got to get the mics. Time lapses of the earth, no clouds are moving under. You know what I mean? Like they could at least do a little better job, but they don't. And I don't know why. Well, okay. This is kind of interesting. Big talk. I haven't had a whole lot of time, um, but I will ask the kind of question for you to be where you're at um, with what you're talking about. Where did you develop that, that thought from Which one? the one you have now that you say that the, the, the world is not a globe, but it is not necessarily flat. But where did you, where did you gather that information from? Mainly from looking at the claims from the globe side to see that they uh, through observation. Yeah, I mean, well, there's no Coriolis. I mean, you can go hover. So you and help did it through the exact same thing that I've a globe person would. Be, I've, so have I. Yes, yes. I've been in it's not rotating underneath me. But it's through observation, right? So you did the same thing that a globe person would do would be through observation, globe observation person, through seeing. Globe person has not observed like you as a if you're a glober, you have not. Ob- it's, but that's what you're saying is that we cannot. Uh, we're going through observation cannot do what you're saying, but you're through the exact same argument as uh, through observation. I can falsify through observation. We we talk about lies, so we can all lie no. and falsify. Right? No, 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 no. That's not what falsification means. Falsification means proving something wrong. By way of a modus tollens argument, okay. So, all right. So, all right. For the the, the illiterate, we we have to somewhat, and I don't know how much time we have. You you have to help explain some of the big words. Okay. So I did it earlier, but um, modus tollens. If P, then Q. Not Q, therefore not P. Okay. That's that's simple logic. So A plus B equals C, right? No. So if you claim this, if this happens, then that will necessarily happen. Okay. That does not happen. So that's called They're basically cause and effect. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we can take those claims, right? At least two of them, uh-huh. with the globe claims. Number one, the globe Earth 
whatever earth curve calculator and you can do observations. All right. You can falsify the globe math. Now, what that means, run with it. I don't care. But it's not what they're saying, because if they say I should only I can only see this far and no more because the earth is curving down. I understand. Well, it doesn't. And not just by a little bit, but all right. By now, a lot. through through through. How did you currently just by how did you people do? I know with cameras trusting that I yeah. so you're telling me that. Anybody I trust that tells me that it does, you're saying they're lying. But I didn't, who say, you they li- I didn't say anybody was lying to you. I said they did believe not, it. Did we not say that we're talking about they're all lying? I said uh, the astronauts are lying because they're not in a second law of thermodynamics. Now right. I've I've watched those videos and mm-hmm. I have to somewhat agree with you because I'm like, wait a minute now. If you were there, without a doubt, and you physically in that environment you physically did that apollo 13 was as real mm-hmm. as it could be because it made a movie about it mm-hmm. then at least you could do enough to to solidify in anybody's mind what you did mm-hmm. you know i mm-hmm. i agree that that was right. pretty right. crazy right but you these are do, things you can do the things i'm talking about is I get, that you can go do it. i get it but th- between me and you unless we went somewhere and tried to calculate it now mm-hmm. i i agree when it comes to math it's either going to be right or it's going to be wrong mm-hmm. Well, it depends. If it's a calculation based on presuppositions, it could be whatever you want it to be. Calculations are not reality. Math is not reality. I can calculate if I eat five apples and have three, now I've got negative two. Well, there's no such thing as negative two apples, right? (laughs) Math is not reality. Math is a language, and you can use language for fiction or nonfiction. So that's that's important. But the second one is, again, you have to take their claims. I don't care if you believe it or not, but I'm, if you if you go with the claim of Coriolis, I'm not claiming a positive whether no, I agree no. or not. I'm I'm arguing your I'm, point. I'm saying that you you're, in general, like people in general. Yeah, so uh, if you're if if a globe, let's say, person that I was three years ago claims, yeah, Coriolis effect is real. Okay, all right. That means the Earth has to move under objects that are not attached to the Earth. Has to. That's what Coriolis effect is. Okay, so I I understand it because I didn't make that I didn't make that cohesion. I didn't make that an analysis or observation that it has to. Yeah. Now, based you, on their claims, no, I, I totally understand. We didn't. Neither one of us created it, so right. okay, we said we could observe it, and we could do it. I mean, it's hard in this podcast form to show that. Yeah. But we take an item, we throw it up, it comes back down in the same spot you threw it in. Look at Felix Bumgarner, where he came <laughs> down after he went up two hundred fifty whatever thousand feet, came down pretty much in the spot. He, not possible. Felix Baumgartner? Yeah, the high jumper. Did you think, did you think that was fake? No. The Red Bull thing? No, he did it. Yo, no, he totally did it, right? Yeah, he totally did it. What, what was, was funny was uh, oh, you, oh, where oh, he I came back down. Yeah, the globe should have moved a uh, good ways away. Didn't. The other thing is he claimed to see curvature, and then Neil deGrasse goes on live TV and goes, he didn't see, you can't see curvature at 150,000 feet high. Well, no kidding, because it doesn't exist. <laughs> But, but but they have a they have a fish out lens. You can see when he leaves the ground, it's already curving. And then when he gets up, it's the same curve. It's already there. It's just a wide angle lens. But say, I see what you're saying about about the way he fell. So I'm just out of out of curiosity. You've heard of um oh gosh. Sorry, we keep we're using a lot of terms. It is um oh my gosh. Conservation of momentum. Yeah, not not Coriolis. But yeah. conservation of momentum. Is that what, so by saying that it was, even if it was spinning by using conservation, if he was in an inert, in an inertial reference frame, mm-hmm. then wouldn't, wouldn't he fall at the same rate? Mm-mm. No, no, you no. don't think so. No, that's not how conservation conservation. You have to just, you have to 
discuss whether you're talking about conservation of angular or linear. Well, so, I'm thinking rotational. I'm yeah. thinking, I'm but thinking once you the, leave, it goes in a straight line. We all know that when we learn it, right? Once you leave the actual rotating surface, then you're off in a straight path. You're not going to maintain any curvature or anything like that, any spin. So that's not. And again, the claim is Coriolis from the globe side. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you have saying, to deal with that, you know. Well, I'm. But they will conflate conservation of momentum, even though they don't really know what it means, with Coriolis, which are two totally separate things. Um, but Coriolis is literally just. You thinking something overhead is curving away when it's actually not. It's you spinning underneath. Mm -hmm. That's what should happen if we are on a globe spinning and airplanes. And if you see them kind of curve, and that's what they used to tell people. That's what they tell people when kids go, Daddy, why does the rocket look like it's going into the ocean? Well, that's just the Coriolis effect, sweetie. No, it's not. Mm. No, it's not because it doesn't exist. Because if it did, your flight from Charlotte to L.A. would take about an hour and a half because the earth's moving towards you. Mm -hmm. If you went the opposite direction, based on the speeds they give us, you'd never reach your destination. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen, mm -hmm. right? Modus tollens. Like, so they have to deal with that, but they can't. So they changed the definition of Coriolis. In 2007, I flew to Beijing, China. And while I was on that plane, at the back of the seat in front of me, they had the little TV and I could have watched you name it, anything I wanted to watch, right? But instead, I decided to watch the little map because I it was, did that, yeah. You know, and yeah. it's a globe. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. And I flew over the North Pole, uh -huh. which was wild, yeah. right? To me, and I know you're not you're not holding to a globe. Right. But that when I asked, I was like, well, okay, so it takes 12 hours to get there. It takes 13 hours to get back. And that's because of the rotation of the earth, they say, right? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you think about the speeds they're claiming. And if you're traveling against it, it should be lickety split one way. And the other way, you'd never get there. Like you, you would know, a thousand miles an hour at the equator. Um, but, but okay. So even at the outermost point of the diameter of the earth, it still takes 24 hours to rotate. Correct. Yeah. It takes 24 hours at say. that gigantic diameter. That's, that's what, at least how, that's how we measure our time. Well, it's all based on the sun. Based on the time, right? It's based on the sun. Based on the sun. All that, that curvature. Everything's so, based on light. So this is, again, everything goes back to stories about lights in the sky. That's what this all is. I know, but everybody always appeals to the stars or the sun. And I'm like, I'm on the ground. I don't know what those are, and your stories can't be validated. But what we are on here, I know what level means. I know what water behavior does. I know what gas behavior does. The The weight is not on the globe side. That's all I'm saying. If If you want to come back and give me some really good proof, I am open to it. Mm -hmm. But everything we know about actual physics, real physics, not astrophysics, which is just storytelling about lights. Real physics, where you can manipulate the natural world and figure things out, does not lend itself to the globe story. It just doesn't. So that's if that's go, let's problem. go back to that traveling I was talking about when I was flying. If you if you uh, let's say you rocket up, right? We know that when you get let's say we got to the outermost diameter of our let's say we got to the point of the dome, right? We hit the we hit the hard part of the dome right mm -hmm. there. Let's say it's the dome. We still know when I get to that point. That as I spin, in order to get back to that same time, it's going to take roughly 24 hours from from going vertical from where I'm at right now. Say I'm going vertical, mm -hmm. which isn't even, <laughs> there is no up. Right. There well, is no, there is. There is on a flatter, but there is no up if you're looking at it from a globe side, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if I'm going, if I go from the center point of our earth mm -hmm. to the, 
the point of the dome. Well, there's no dome on a intersecting, globe. and it, <laughs> there is. There's an atmosphere. <laughs> it's still a dome. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, atmosphere is a contradiction, but yeah. but it's still the dome. I mean, that's what you're taught in the globe right. that the air's on the inside and the right. space is on the out. Right. So then More there like is a, a space dome. balls. Yeah, they do have a dome. <laughs> it's a space. <laughs> right. That's right. So, that's so right. let's go to they the actually, center. See. <laughs> <laughs> it's what would happen gone from yeah. suck to blow so if you go to the center point of the earth you in vector through me mm-hmm. like here i am at my point and then go to the dome mm-hmm. there's a point you get to that dome now if the earth is spinning which you say that it isn't but if it is mm-hmm. then it would take 24 hours to get in the same position that i'm in technically mm-hmm. if it spins mm-hmm. right if the if it's rotating together, you're saying yeah, everything's moving. Exactly. Together. So my point is is that there's a difference between linear measurement and then rotational measurement. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you go up But the air's I'm, not rotate that's the thing. You're the claim here is that basically somehow the atmosphere is velcroed to the ground and all moving in lockstep, which is that will defunct that will debunk Coriolis. You mm-hmm. can't have both because mm-hmm. that's the that's the new argument. That is the new globe argument. Earth and atmosphere move as one. Okay, number one, that violates the first law of thermodynamics because once you get further away, it's going to have to move faster to keep up with the ground. Show me how that works with gas. Mm-hmm. Number two, gas behavior doesn't do that. So I haven't even heard that Earth and atmosphere rotate yeah, that's together. That's the new one. That's what people say when so, you when you call them on Coriolis not existing. They mm-hmm. say, well, it's because the Earth and atmosphere all move together. That's why it's like that's why you don't feel it. It's like which one is it? You can't have it both ways. You mm-hmm. can't have your Coriolis and then say on the next breath. There is no Coriolis because it's all moving together, like Velcroed together in lockstep. So that's kind of what I was getting at with the Coriolis thing. Yeah, because like the the observable things, if I'm sitting in the, if, let's say I'm in my car and I'm throwing, you know, an, a, an apple up in the air, right? right? It's contained. That's right. So it's not going to. But if I open that window and I throw that's it, right. it's going to. That's right. And it's going to drop wherever it was. It's going right. to be up. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's, I mean, and that's what's so funny is the the globe side will use those examples. I'm like, that's not your claim. Yeah. Your claim is that the atmosphere is separate and that we're rotating under it to get Coriolis. Mm-hmm. You want to claim it's all contained. Well, okay. Then you don't have Coriolis anymore, and but they still want to have it. So it's like, it's very frustrating because you can't pin them down to actually just be intellectually honest about this. Again, that's a red flag for anybody that's in this conversation. If you can't just be honest and just say, I don't know. I mean, that's they won't even do that. They'll literally make up stories to make it work. And again, making up stories to make something work, not science. It is fallacious as can be. I can make up a million stories about why something works the way it does, and it doesn't matter. It may mm-hmm. not be true. But people get hoodwinked into that fallacy more than any other fallacy. The affirming the consequent fallacy is used by everybody pretty much every day when it comes to these kind of topics. They won't fall for it with unicorns peeing in the sky. Mm-hmm. But they'll fall for it with anything claimed to be science that isn't because they want to believe it. And that's fine, but just recognize that you're being fallacious about it. I mm-hmm. mean, every every single if A, then B, B, therefore A, that is a fallacy. Mm-hmm. It always is. If we live on a globe, then uh, I'll see the horizon. I see a horizon, therefore we live on a globe. That is fallacious. Mm-hmm. There can be a million other reasons why you have a horizon. Number one being optics and just how the I works, mm-hmm. but I, like I said, I'm, I don't claim to know what we live on. I don't claim to know the shape. If there is one, I have no clue. Let David say yeah. <laughs> David, tell us what we live on. Have you, uh, have you ever been out in a cloudy day with the sun coming through and the rays are going in different directions like that? 
Do what? Crepuscular rays. Mm-hmm. How does how is that even possible if the sun's 93 million miles away? It has to be close to do that. Yeah. Has to be. Because yeah, they claim it's all parallel. And if it was the light rays, the light rays are all just be coming straight down, but you see them going different direction. You're like, that's because the sun is close to those clouds and it's coming through that at, at an angle. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, so if the sun is a giant ball in the sky and it's shooting light, how can it be parallel? I understand. That's that's the globe claim. That's the globe right. claim. Because I understand it's so big, because it's so big you that it's at, parallel. Because basically, the Earth is so small, then that. One middle ray coming out is going to encompass the whole Earth, even though it is shining in every direction. <laughs> but that's not how we see it. Mm-hmm. And so, and what's interesting is you'll get the same angles, uh, shadow angles, whether you're using the sun or moonlight at night. And that doesn't really fit with their model either because the distances are going to be vastly different. And all that. So just little things like that that kind of make you go, man, something's not adding up here. I know, and I've seen this. I've seen this where they put the Earth and the Moon inside the dome, rotating around specific areas. That's difficult for me, guys. I can't. I, I, agree. I can't make that no, work. I, I agree, and it 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 doesn't work the way that a lot of the animations show it. Um, there's a guy who I think he's hated by everybody on YouTube, but he um he doesn't claim a model, but he shows the with actual animation, 3D angles, and everything using date and time data, and he shows you know where things quote unquote should be on the globe, mm-hmm. and they're not there. But then he also shows them on the, the Gleason maps and how they don't actually work either with the angles. His whole belief is that it's a it's way more complicated and mysterious than we even can imagine, that this is more of a personal dome vision thing going on. Everybody has their uh, personal, I've seen the personal and, dome thing. You know what? I know. It's just as valid as the story I, we're I, doing. I've seen it, too. That's what I mean is I just yeah. saw it, too. And that's why I say I don't know. But the fact that I know God put us here in a contained system, whatever those lights are, are amazing. They're there for a reason. It's not just some random ball of gas that was formed accidentally. They're there for signs and seasons and for other things that we don't know. And to me, that just it just helps, I guess, solidify faith even more, even though I don't need that. But it's just like it's pretty amazing to see that and go, yeah, we're actually created here. And that terrifies the people that aren't believers to mm-hmm. think we're trapped. We're in a you know what I mean? Like this in a closed system, which even Bill and I will say. We're in a closed system. Nobody will ever leave the earth. I'm like, how'd you slip that one through, buddy? (laughs) Are you tired of compromising when it comes to protecting your valuable firearms? Then let us tell you about Carolina Cases, your ultimate destination for hard plastic, impact-proof pistol cases. Carolina Cases are TSA-approved and are crafted with high-quality foam, ensuring maximum protection for your firearms during transport or storage. At Carolina Cases, they understand the importance of safeguarding your investments. Carolina Cases provide unparalleled durability, keeping your pistols safe from impact and damage. So hop on over to www.carolinacases.net to explore their wide range of pistol cases designed to meet your specific needs. Don't settle for less. With Carolina Cases, you can ensure your firearms are safely stored, preserve your peace of mind, and protect what matters most. Enter code Burrows at checkout to receive free shipping. I just said I heard Bill say that that you know we're we're in an enclosed system. They slip up on these th- stupid things, and you're like, wait a minute, you're blowing your whole argument here, you know? Yeah. What about you, Mike? Do you want to say something? Man, after that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go back to scripture. Amen. And uh, you got to start there. Mm-hmm. You know, it explains a lot. 
get light on the fourth day of creation day. Mm-hmm. How we take that. Uh, and those are lights. Yeah. I think you can see through the moon on a good, good night with the crescent moon. You can see stars through the moon. So that's not a, you've observed that. Solid I've never observed that in my I've, life. I've seen pictures. Look at some, look at the flags of the, of the Arab nations that have the crescent and they got a star in it. They've mm-hmm. seen this for ages. I think the, I think the moon is more mysterious too than we think, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, if you just look at the little marks on it, right? And they claim those are crater. No, they're not. They're all they're all per- perpendicular to the surface. That's not how it would work. Like it's almost like, and uh, somebody asked Neil deGrasse Tyson about that. Why, why are all the craters presupposition all ninety degrees? Right, all of them. That's because uh, when they get close to the moon, they reach a certain magic speed that pulls them all in perpendicular to the surface. He said this. I watched it. That's a story. Okay. It looks more like something actually bubbled out or something. I mean, I'd say the same thing about things on this earth they claim are craters. They, why, why do you think those are craters? And you know, they're defunct volcanoes for all you know. You don't have a clue. We just believe it because we just believe it. Mm-hmm. So, but you have to start putting the pieces together and go, yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, a meteor would come in at a shallow angle somewhere on there and leave, you know what I mean? They're not yeah. all going to be perpendicular to the surface. It's yeah. Just, it's just stupid. I didn't expect this. No, I didn't. I thought you were going to start telling me about how the sun and the moon rotated at the Tropic of Cancer on your flat model. and all. That's what I was expecting, but I like the way that you're describing it. I do because I can't, I can't see there. I only have so much perception. I'm not a, I'm not a mathematical genius here and I haven't observed very much. The things that I have observed like my wife who is beautiful and like, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? You're welcome. She said, <laughs> no, yeah. no, but seriously, I don't understand how her hair is so pretty like that going a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> well, no, actually, actually in Virginia <laughs> beach, in Virginia beach, you'll only be going 800 miles. <laughs> okay. So, but your hair looks good for 800 miles an hour. So, you know, I, I think that the important thing in this argument is that, people not hate each other because they have a yeah. different view. You know, I mean, hopefully you've seen from this discussion that we have some valid questions. That's what we're trying to do. We're questioning the model that's been jammed down our throat, you know, and when you're jamming something down my throat, I don't like it. Okay. We're questioning that the Bible gives us plenty of reason to, I think observation gives us plenty of reason to, you know, but we have to, you know, because someone doesn't agree with you, you know, people just go nuts. I mean, I've seen people more upset about, their globe than anything more than predators more than you know they just get violent you know don't mess with my globe and i don't i just don't get it yeah Yeah, and i'm not i'm not going to be violent about it i'm not going to be angry about it i'm not talking about you yeah yeah i just i want to um that was the other side of it too is that if i were to go up in a rocket ship really really high to where i could see the curvature of the earth and then by getting out that high because <laughs> there's nothing to see. I'm just saying that <laughs> well, if I could, if you could, let's say that that actually happened to me and I went up in space and right. that's what I observed just because I might see something different in the Bible just means that the way that I've interpreted it with my modern mind. Now I'm just going to go back. It doesn't negate scripture and how amazing it is. And that God wrote it to me like that doesn't bother me. So if I observe something that goes against, you know, if somebody in the world tells me something and it goes against scripture, 
did I not say this? Whenever I was getting a lot of slack because I was a friend of yours and you were a flat earther and I said, I don't care because he believes the Bible before he believes everything else. And I can stand with somebody like that because I know what Christ did for me. So I can, I can walk a long way with that. But it's just, I hate to look at everyone and you guys are probably going to throw these in the garbage. I bought you guys a gift. <laughs> don't throw them away, at least for fun. Okay. So this was written by a Christian man who, who was a astronaut. His name was Colonel Jeffrey N. Williams. He is the, the only man that has uh, went around the earth in this station 2,800 times. And he took more photos than any other astronaut in history. And this is a book, and it's called The Work of His Hands. He talks about Psalm 111. He talks about all the things that God created. And so I got you each a copy of this. And uh, please don't throw it away. If you don't want it, you can send it back to me because I really love space. But each this is for each of you. And I'm sorry, Mike, I'll get you a copy. I didn't know you were going to be in this. So um, honestly, I haven't read that. I went on. I, it's beautifully flat, isn't it? <laughs> That's one of the first things that I thought when I looked at it. It was. There are people that aren't um, flat earthers that have posted these pictures, right? And then they get explained away. Um, there was one, it was Joshua Nowicki posted a picture, 100% skyline of Chicago, 70 miles away. And a weatherman got a hold of it and, you know, talked about where it came from. And he's like, what you're seeing here is a mirage. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a mirage. You can tell it's not. And one of the, um, what was the guy, the flat earther that passed away last year, the Christian? Rob Skiba took a boat from that point all the way to Chicago and kept a camera on the skyline the entire time. It never changed. It, it just got bigger because you're getting closer. It was not a mirage, right? Those kind of things. If more people would at least just go do that, just do it. It doesn't mean you know what what's what. It just means the story you're being fed. There's something wrong with it. Like this, this is. And if enough people did that, they're gonna. Somebody's got to eventually go. Okay, here's here's why. And if it doesn't add up, then you just, mm -hmm. it just just add it to the box, you know. But they've been doing this for a long time. Um, I guess since 2015, guys over in Britain were doing this over because you can. There's tons of water, obviously, in islands, so you can see long ways. And they didn't even get it at the time what was being done. It was only to the last three or four years they finally realized that they have hijacked the laws of perspective and turned those into Earth curve. Um, and it's just unfortunate that. We all understand the laws of perspective from from being from when we're kids, and we just shut that off when it comes to this. So it's just just keep that stuff in mind. I would say, but I will gladly look at your book. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's kind of weird when you think about it because that was another thing that I thought about when I was coming into this discussion. Was if I was born, you know, into America and I went into the American educational system, and I had a thing that I looked at and I said. That is a capital A. And then I was taught that, no, it was a lowercase b, that after so much teaching that I would eventually come to the point that it was a lowercase b right? because I've been taught it. Even though when I grow up and I'm at the age of 60, somebody says, no, dude, it wasn't a lowercase b. That's a capital A. Right. And you'd be like, I knew it. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Like that aha moment. Yes. I've and, had so a few I thought, of them. and I thought about that when I, when I would look at people, when I was watching people on flat earth on YouTube and stuff like that's where, I, look, that's where I get my world is from. Right, from YouTube, right, right. Cause I have, it's not like I travel everywhere, right? but watching them. And I would say these guys, like I, let's not underestimate it. So I said yeah. in your, 
in your um, testimony, let's not underestimate these people. I don't think that they're stupid at all. Some I don't think that are, they're just, yeah. You know, not and like everybody some, else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so a mixed bag, but I think there and are. there's brilliant globers. There are, but they there are. And there it's, are. Just, it's just when it comes to their globe arguments, they suck because they don't have any proof, right? Well, they may be great at all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for a lot of these flat earth guys, you know, but there, there are some brilliant people that have come out and, you know, it, you can put stock into their background. Or whatever. I don't like doing that. Oh, he's an MD. He must know. No. Uh, I know a lot of doctors that don't know their butt from a pipe wrench. Yeah. I mean, really? <laughs> um, so it doesn't matter what degree you have. What matters is the content. Is the content accurate or not? Can we Remind know? me not to let that guy work on my sink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, experts are a dime a dozen. This goes back to kind of what you're talking about with belief, right? And I always ask this on Facebook to people when they want to claim I trust the experts. I go, okay, experts disagree with each other. So what is your standard by which you evaluate the expert? Mm-hmm. You have to have that standard. Okay. Now, when it comes There's to, no end to when this. it comes to There's the no Bible, we got we got the standard. That's right. When it comes to this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. what do you got? You got to start thinking and going. Okay, what can we know? What can we not? What but can even we within the Bible, you have interpretive measures. Interpretive measures. I know. That's the same thing. So, like, yep. you know, Pastor Curtis interprets it in some way way differently right. than some of my old pastors did. Right. Yep. Just based on interpretation. Yeah. It's I still agree. the standard, but it's still interpretive. Right, here he comes. Here, okay. here he comes, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got it in his realm. <laughs> All right. When it comes to biblical cosmology, most scholars are in agreement. Like Michael Heiser says, the Bible teaches flat earth with a dome. Yes. No question. I agree. But he says science has disproven that. Mm -hmm. And that just makes me go crazy because I'm like, so the Bible's wrong because these people are saying it's wrong. And, and again, Michael Heiser no also said he didn't care about eschatology, well, he did. even though it's 28% of the Bible. Right. Well, I know. So Michael Heiser was smart, but he was also well, not. Right. <laughs> right. But I'm saying there's a lot of people in that same vein. Okay. A lot of people who say this is what the Bible teaches, but they, it can't be right. They didn't know anything about yeah. stuff back then. You know, they didn't. They're just foolish. I think a lot of, I think a lot of, a lot of people like Heiser just didn't want to go there. It's yeah. easier just to not go. And that's fine, but just say it, you know, but like, like he said, when when he says science disproved, okay, science doesn't deal with the shape of things. Mm-hmm. So shape is geometry. It's not science. So he's already in a category error. He didn't know that, yeah. you know, and most people don't because they haven't actually looked at these definitions. Michael Heiser actually said he didn't want to go there. He said he? that in, in regard to eschatology. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. He actually said it like, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not interested. I'm not going to do it. Right, right. Even though he, you know. Yeah. He had some pretty passionate topics on free will, though. Yeah. Have you ever looked at his Yeah, forms? yeah, yeah. Ooh, cringy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> his, his naked. I mean, God rest his soul. Yeah. His naked Bible podcast was really cool. I, I enjoyed it. No, I agree. You know, well, like his realm, superstar. I think. I mean, you know, in his unseen realm. Yeah. Uh that was a that was a Heiser pine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. I, you. I know that we're going to do this again. I, you and I definitely are going to talk about Good. this some more. I'm super Good. excited about it. Good. I and love so, this stuff. I do too, you know, and I. <laughs> that's why Pastor Curtis calls people globetards. <laughs> Don't you dare convert me. I'm not converting. I, that is a fun word. But here's, but here's the thing about conversion. Like what we just talked about, what I'm able to observe. I mean, I know we have to be able, we have to be able to build on previous things. We can't always sensory everything. Correct. That's impossible. Right. right? I, I like to use what I learned about the Louvre in France. Did you know that you can't see everything in the Louvre? It would take 110,000 years wow. for you to see every single item that's in the Louvre. Yeah. There are, you know, computers and all of these things have lists of where these things are within it. But if you were to try to focus six seconds per item, it would take 110,000 wow. years. So we know. 
we can't perceive right. everything. I agree with that. Right. Yep. So at some point we have to be able to trust and work and build upon other things. Yep. And this is why for me personally, I don't want to get, I don't get too caught up in this kind of stuff because it is based on um, more empiricism than anything else. And I'm not an empiricist. I'm actually a presuppositionalist. Um, and that's why I like the biblical stuff more. I like theology more and worldview stuff more where that comes into play with this is not what it is. It's the being hoodwinked by bad reasoning. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the point. It's not, it's not what it is. It's if you are only going to use logical fallacies to try to get a point across, you can't do that. Well, you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Christians shouldn't do that. Whether it's with germ theory, whether it's with, you know, cosmology, whatever it is, don't do that. Like, because it, it just, it's a, it's not, it's like sinful thinking in my, in my opinion, it mm -hmm. really is because you're not using the capabilities God gave us, which the laws of logic come from God. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's the, the scriptures. If we don't have logic, then it's all gibberish, you know, right. you know, a, a is not both a and not a at the same time. And so that, that to me, for me as a passion is, is what this is about. It's, it's just, start thinking a little deeper, learn some philosophy, learn, learn some of this stuff so that you can just start asking questions. You don't even have to know anything. Mm -hmm. You just hold people's feet to that. That's why I learned about the scientific method. I don't think it's the end all be all. I don't even know if you can actually replicate a true natural phenomenon just because you get something similar in a lab doesn't mean you replicated it, right? Mm -hmm. It's the best you can do. But what I use that for is to hold their feet to the fire. They're the ones that claim it. Okay. Show me where you did it. Yeah. Show me where you put that's that. That's why you kept saying you weren't the one that made the claim. That's exactly right. It's a it's, burden of proof reversal. That's the burden of that's proof. Right. Yep. So the burden of proof is on those making the claim. Always stick with that. You're not going to go wrong. You'll just tick a lot of people off. Yeah. Which I'm excited. I'm going to start using it myself. Good. It's going to work great. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's not my problem. No, that's your burden. Fun. Yeah. That's why I look at you and go, I'm not making a claim about that. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Pastor Curtis, for letting us meet here. That's so awesome. Thank you guys all for being here and everybody being in the church. Uh, super, super excited to get to all fellowship and worship with all of you guys tomorrow. Super excited. Hey guys, this is Rick from the boroughs of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea, you'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. Andy again. I haven't listened to much of this podcast. As a matter of fact, I've listened to almost none of it. Uh, oh, hey, Greg says hi. And he wants to sharpen his claws on my pants. Uh, but I just want to speak to the literally the only two places I listened, the only two things I heard. Uh, one, when Bill Nye says the Earth is a closed system, he doesn't mean literally with a lid. He kind of means that all of our resources and needs come from this one specific place that is a system that contains the Earth and the Sun specifically. He doesn't mean that we can't leave. He means that if we try, there's no way to get anywhere without running out of resources or dying by lack of protection. We're pretty stuck here because the size of space is so absurd that you can't imagine it. So he doesn't mean we literally can't just like jump real high and get to Mars or something dumb like that. He means we're kind of stuck here based on we can't take enough of the stuff we need with us in order to get very far, probably not even out of our solar system, let alone anything larger than that. It would be amazing.
if humans ever set foot on Pluto, it's so far. Uh, what, what did what did it take uh, Voyager? Was it Voyager to get to Pluto? It left in the 70s, and it just flew by like last year. <laughs> it was going real fast. And when you see a rocket ship go into space, it goes sideways because it's not literally just trying to go straight up. It's actually going sideways because it's trying to get an orbit around the Earth, and it needs to be going I'm not going to quote a number. It's very fast uh, to stay in a geosynchronous orbit around the Earth. And it needs to do that by going sideways. So it is actually going sideways when it's leaving. It's going up, but it's going a lot of sideways because it needs a lot of speed in that direction to stay in orbit. So it's not the Coriolis effect, whatever. He, it's not whatever effect he called it. Uh, they're literally just going sideways. Thanks, everyone. Hey, it's Andy. I'm back one more time, mostly just because I'm a dork for this stuff. This is about space, not flat Earth. So the fastest human flight ever was Apollo 10. Came in at about 24,861 miles an hour, which was kind of a problem, actually, which ends up being about 0.0037% of the speed of light. So light speed, uh, 671 million miles per hour, about 186,000 miles per second. Alpha Centauri is the closest uh, star system to us, the closest, the next neighborhood. That is it. That is the next neighborhood. It's about 4.4 light years. So if you could start from the Earth at the maximum speed we've ever hit, just like no acceleration, just boom, you start at 24,861 miles an hour and head straight to Alpha Centauri, it would take you about 1,189 years. How are you going to pack that much food? Or And you, it's real hard. Like the idea is uh, let's put a bunch of dirt in plants so that the oxygen carbon dioxide cycle can happen and the plants can grow food or whatever. I mean, you're talking about putting a, a whole mini earth on a ship at that point. And the reality is... It's very hard to scale that system, be enough of a system for that to actually work. Like it's, you can't just like build a ship. It's all of a sudden what you actually need is a small moving planet. And then you need to be able to fuel that small moving planet or make it move and be able to control it. And it's just like, it's crazy. It's almost as hard as just packing a thousand years worth of food. So that's our nearest neighbor, current technology. In to make that even a hundred years, right? We need to get what ten times better to make that even around a hundred years, which is still crazy. Space bound for a hundred years, no way to get help or help yourself, no way to pick up resources, probably. Uh, let's see. So just Pluto is about three point three three six four billion miles, and uh, that would take us. Just to get to Pluto at max speed, no acceleration, no deceleration, just magic. I flip a switch and the spacecraft is going the fastest any human thing has ever gone. Well, anything with a human in it at any rate. It would be 15 years. So just to get to Pluto, and of course it depends on what point in our orbit the Earth and Pluto is. Obviously we're changing distances kind of dramatically because Pluto's orbit is weird. But it would take us about 15 years if we had the magic required to not accelerate or decelerate, it would take 15 years to get to Pluto still. 
So what are you going to do, pack 15 years worth of food or build an entire miniature Earth that is large enough and has enough biodiversity in it to not just collapse after a week or a year? Space is big. We're probably not alone, but that doesn't matter because space is just stupid big. Hey, there you go. Dork Hour with Andy. <laughs>